Do you have any awesome old Funk Week memories? Oh, mostly no, which is kind of the point of Punk Week. Way, not really. Um. How far back does it go? I can't remember. I can't remember the year uh, that it started. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember them telling me what they were going to do. It was it was Josh Red and Gideon and Jason Van Mater, and they were telling me all these events that they wanted to throw, and I was like, that sounds like it's impossible, and I don't understand how you're gonna do it, but I'll be there to help you do whatever the fuck it is you're gonna do. Well, I didn't. Oh, I don't. I don't like being a spectator. I feel awkward and weird, and I don't like going to parties. So I just like. I get to. I go. I go. Yeah, I go somewhere and have a job. <laughs> and then I get to be. Yeah. So. So the earliest punk week. Yeah, it was. It was. So imagine someone telling you that they're going to have a traveling generator show. Mm-hmm. That they're gonna pay, make a band play just somewhere on the street, and then move the entire show with all the other people to another location, blocks and blocks away. Bring everybody to that location with a different band, and then just play, and then just continue to do that until you get downtown. Yeah. It sounded impossible to me. I'm like, okay. And Josh was like, you want to do this with me? I'm like, sure. It sounds impossible. Let's show me what we're gonna. I'll lift things. I'll drive things. I'll bring things. Whatever you need. And it worked out really, really well. So it was just crazy. So that first show. Yeah. So it started off in West Park. And uh, I can't remember the band that played. And then we moved over to, to Kingsley and First. And there was another band played. Yeah, I mean, the city showed up to, to a lot of our events the first few, for a few times. Like the channel, Traveling Generator show, the cops just followed us from spot to spot and we're like this is amazing what you guys are doing and we're like yeah cool and then we just played music and and left and then played music and left and the cops found us every time and they were like here you are again and like here we go we had a a pickup truck with a drum set and the speakers and the the amps and stuff like that and then we had a, a minivan with a generator in it and then we just back them up together run the plug into the end of the van wait for the jenny to start making making power and then play and they'd play about 15 minutes and people would like while we're all setting it up everybody's biking and walking up and they're running up to play and they're moshing in the middle of the street and then like then okay we're just gonna move down like and they we went behind vault of midnight where there's like a large parking spot there went and played there and it was nuts there were so many people there and I think we ended up at Community or something like that, or vice versa. I think we might have ended up downtown. But we played at Community as well. And it was just crazy, man. Yeah. It was just insane. Now it's just like, yeah, I could do that in a second. And I, but I couldn't imagine doing it when they were telling me it. Yeah. I was just like, I trust you guys. Okay. <laughs> so they did that. They did a generator show underneath the Viaducts. They did. My band was like about to about start to under the bridge. And a cop just like was on the microphone all of a sudden. I was like, 
<laughs> Not one, two, three, four. What the fuck? And the, the entire crowd. I remember this in rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good. It was a good night. But like, like the, the entire crowd just like picked up our shit, moved it to the cars, stayed together somehow, and then we we were we just called someone at Joint House. We're like, we hear you're having a party. Can we come with with two bands and like a hundred people and just crash it? And they were like, yeah, dude. And we. It was the At best. At that point, it's almost not crashing. Yeah, no, we, we <laughs> created the party. It was like a hip-hop party or yeah. something. It was like a, a dance, DJ dance party. And <laughs> we just went and we started playing punk music. And, like, the entire crowd went apeshit. Fucking just so crazy. It was That's so fun. Awesome. It was, like, the best show I've ever been to. But yeah, I remember that. I remember it a lot. It was a lot of fun. And like that, when we did that, everybody was so involved with everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's barely any just spectators, but there were so many people to be spectators when they weren't doing. I lived at the Totally Awesome House. Uh, and then uh, Bad Idea House was like Kitty Corner across mm-hmm. the way. Um, so we both did a lot of shows and the Summit Street party store would stay open late on nights when we had shows and we're like really pumped about it. <laughs> this is something I want to know. Bad Idea was maybe the first punk house that showed up? No. Tell me about the four ones, if there is them, because I don't know. I mean, there's so many punk houses that showed up before Bad, bad Idea. There was, there was well, the Raw House. The Raw House and the War House were before Bad, bad Idea. Art Simsar owned the Raw House and the War House. I lived in the War House, which was the war house? right next to it. Yeah, we shared a backyard, shared a driveway. We didn't. We had a. We had like two shows in that house, and I think it was before I lived there. Yeah, it was like it was. We were just reasonably clean compared to the punk house kind of thing like that. We were all friends. You know, we all opened doors to everybody and stuff like that. But it was like the raw house was the hangout. The raw house had the shows and stuff like that. You know, and uh, and the raw house would accept like traveling punks and stuff like that. And we didn't. We just accepted people we knew kind of thing. Like honestly, raw house was the one that got me inspired to do all this shit. Like, that was the place. <laughs> there's not very many these days, unfortunately, but there's, there's Farhouse, and that's, like, end of list, right? Like, that's that's it. Punk houses in Ann Arbor, that sounds yeah. all right. <laughs> they all moved to Ipsy. Fond memories of bike jousting and destroying a cardboard city. So many good shopping cart races, which aren't punk week. So many good burly girl mud wrestling. It was usually women, sometimes men, sometimes a little bit of both. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just remember burly girl. Burly girl was oh, I think we always held out at Kevin's mom's house. That was a beautiful spot out in Manchester. Yeah, uh, Kevin's mom used to host girly girl out on her farm in like Manchester, no, not Manchester, maybe Stockbridge or something. I really appreciate that event. I don't know why that one doesn't happen anymore. There was one year, this is like not a cute memory, I guess, (laughs) that like, like this is when it was kind of at a low point, but there was a year where it was like everyone right, like wrestled and then after the first round of wrestlers, you got to have all the people who had MRSA wrestle, or like staph infections. I think it went like healthy staph MRSA. <laughs> uh, just because there was a real bout of it that year. I think it it got it got turned into it got changed from like creative events that were inspiring into fuck the man 
kind of kind of fuck the city, fuck everything and everybody. <laughs> kind of it started to be move after number five. Number five, it started to be like, eh, I don't know. Because like the original people stopped wanting to be a part of it sometimes because they moved. Mm-hmm. Um, other people took up the took up the torch and that was great. But it ended up being where the like there would be traveling kids that would come and they would they took the name Punk Week to mean only punks week. Yeah. I guess I should have said, hey man, this guy's got his cock out, but instead I just kind of watched the situation and then started making a couple jokes because it wasn't that impressive, so it was easy to make, you know. So I made a couple jokes about it and just to see if things would calm down because one guy was really agitated. He was about to attack him, it looked like, and, you know, cocks flapping around would be bad in this little room. And it just ended up not going well because all of a sudden people started attacking each other oh, in shit. the circle like and physically? yeah yeah physically and then it went outside looked like things were going to calm down and uh <laughs> well then all of a sudden he got attacked mm. he got attacked i drank his beer we had a whole like we had a grand rapids versus ann arbor kickball game and it was awesome <laughs> but uh there was this ring of like traveling hobos that just sat off to the side and tried to say the most uh, just horrible things they could to people while they played. Yeah. You know, like, whatever. Like, it's not like, like, I've heard all the insults mm-hmm. before, but that's all they did, and that's all they contributed to that because they didn't want to be a part Because they, I don't know, they didn't want to be a part of it because non-punk people were a part of it. Interesting. So it was, that's what was my take on it. And it, and it like, I was a part that's of it. The, the, the punks opening their arms right, to the community. Right. And it started being... Yeah. It started to be the, that's the thing is like people, there were people in the community that had a problem with it being called Punk Week because they felt it was exclusive. And everybody involved with Punk Week was like, why? That's stupid. Mm-hmm. And then other people started coming in and thinking that meant it should be exclusive. I don't know exactly what happened that made, made it turn into whatever the fuck happened at Bandemir Park that was like the, the end of it all. I think the last one ever was number nine, and that was the one that took place in Detroit. I could be wrong. So I think number eight was the one where it was just hell on earth. Some crusty punks were acting like assholes in, in Bandemir Park in the middle of the afternoon. And were you there for the Bandemir incident that we've heard referenced nope. a few times today? Nope. I had noped right out of it after before before that. I was like, I was me and the other people that I knew that were a part of it were just done with it. I was in Canada at the time. I read it online all the shenanigans that went on and the cops showing up and people getting arrested and all that fun stuff. I wasn't there. No, I know. Uh, I just heard a lot about uh, uh, nudity and uh, public sex is what I heard. <laughs> the story I heard was there was a jogger running by and some dog like ran, ran after him just a little bit and barked at him or something like that or maybe nipped at him, I don't know. And the, the guy took umbrage with this and, and said, hey, you should put your dog on a leash. And then they just started hurling insults at the guy. And they were smoking weed and they were skinny dipping. And so he called the cops on them. You know, that's, that's, what that, that's what happened with that. And then they showed up and, you know, and, and then they did all their talking with their middle fingers like, like, like idiots. Yeah, I wasn't at that event. I don't know where I was, maybe working or something. We're having a hell of a time finding anyone who is actually part of the scene and present at that event. Here's kind of the... This is... 
my assumption on that is that for the most part people I don't think that that happened to people who were from here I think that was mostly traveling kids who were there who were like not at that was not like a punk week event that was happening oh, what there was exactly I don't know but I don't think it was an event that was happening maybe it was a picnic maybe it was like an official punk week picnic I don't think it was but I think it was just like a bunch of people out there who had some kind of run-in with the cops. And so it wasn't even necessarily directly associated with Punk Week. It was to the extent that like those people were in town because of Punk Week. Okay. Those people like coming into town changed. Uh, there used to be, I don't know if it was because, because we knew traveling people that came that were helpful and good people and like wanted to do things and be DIY and be a part of stuff. And somebody started to be, started to not be so discerning about who they let into their house, but it got to be where it was just homeless kids dressing like punks because they wanted to piss off their parents and not be at home and just wanted to be dicks to everybody. Right. And so like, or maybe I just got old and sick of their shit. <laughs> All of these things are possible. Me. Yeah, exactly. At that point, Punk Week had like turned into um, an event that had spread a lot more throughout like traveling crusty community in terms of like it's like here's a place you can go like there were people sending out maps to like the punk houses in Ann Arbor right. being like all over the west coast and all over being like come to Ann Arbor in the summer here's all here's where you go and those were not people like people living in those houses were not like yeah come on come live at our house for free and get drunk all day you know that wasn't the idea behind it that's just what was happening and yeah and that's the same way the the raw house got shut down too so huge huge backlash after the last punk week like the community was against punks the city was against punks the police were against punks um and like anyone that they could fit into that category yeah you know so a lot of people left after that too because it just became very unfriendly and people were being harassed the bank wanted to foreclose on the on the houses and art, art simsar just decided he just was going to wash his hands of it and we had like six months or so Good to see you, man. We had like six months or so to get out of there. So the people at the Raw House instantly found a place to live, and we called it the Rock House, and it was down at Summit and, and Main Street. Is that what they call that, right next to the Meat Mansion or yep. whatever? Oh, yep. Cool. All right, I've been wondering yeah. that for a little bit. Um, yeah, R-A-W-K, like Rockheads on You know, it was like, do you remember, Ingram, you were ever out over at, like, Rock House, and you'd be having a fire in the backyard, and, like, two fire trucks would show up and like a couple police cars and they'd come through and shine lights in everyone's faces and like yeah, card no, people and like <sighs> constant like yeah. constant harassment after the last punk week so what had happened was that the beer can garden had gotten had gotten closed down on 7th mm -hmm. so since raw house was vacant beer can garden came over there and they just let anybody come in and live there and it was terrible. And when the city came to inspect the place, like they do, 
uh, what would happen before it was the raw house would put all the things back that need to be put up, you know, like hide all the bad shit kind yeah. of thing like that. And, uh, you know, just appease them and make them go away. What they did this time was, fuck you, you can't come into our house and did that shit. The city called the cops and the cops showed up and the cops showed up and saw, saw what was happening. Yeah. And then the, then the city came and just put a, put a uh, eviction sign on everything. Yeah. And we're like, okay, great. It really screwed everybody over just because they had they wanted to have a bad attitude with Ann Arbor police. Cops in Ann Arbor are, are, are generally pretty cool about uh, they they are generally pretty understandable. It's just, uh, the thing is like I have found that the Ann Arbor police are the most reasonable police I've ever talked to. They've taken uh, sensitivity training for pizza. It all comes down to the space, really. Yeah. But like if you have you know close neighbors, you know, or or people who just don't, you know want that around their neighborhood, they'll make an example and if they hear or not, they see it. And the scene in Ann Arbor has just changed a lot. Like there have been mass exodus of people in like kind of that creative punk DIY community. Yeah, it just doesn't support it so much anymore. It's expensive. of us was like working really hard to do something that you don't really want to do but you want there to be something like Flowfest this year was not an event that ever I think any of us were like dreaming to do you know the biggest thing right now that I think we're dealing with is um, I don't know whatever whatever the city is going through I guess you know we, we ran a lot uh, ran into a lot of walls with as far as like permits are concerned as far as uh, you know, they wanted insurance, they wanted security. I don't even really blame the city. It was just like us using social media as a way to promote events that are in, like illegal by definition because they're DIY events. Right. You know, so you go about it and you try and do it kind of under the radar and not have to go through the usual legal channels. Um, and in the past, doing that on social media made sense because it kind of belonged more to the people. But now you have to imagine that the everyone's interns, yeah, everyone's on it. So even if, you know, in this case, the lady's name is Janet, who was very helpful with the city. That woman, Janet, may not be looking at all the stuff on Facebook, but her interns are, or, you know, all of those people yeah. who are younger than we are, right. are looking at that stuff and being like, hey, do you know about this? Well, well, well actually, literally, like, they wanted oh, people police there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which there was actually a cop there. Um, who was really bummed out that we weren't doing floats, actually, yeah. Uh, the state of Michigan became concerned with Float Fest because it looks like on social media that there are like 1,200 people going, like descending upon the Huron River in handmade rafts, which right. isn't necessarily the case. And uh, I'm not sure it ever got to those numbers. No, no. We've like it, at most, it's like 150 people. Right. Um, and then. They were worried about it, so they contacted the city, and the city got worried about it because the you know, state of Michigan's like, what permits do you have? And they're like, we don't have any permits. <laughs> so then they're talking to the AAPD, then the mayor's upset about it, and so they're all on us about it, being like, essentially, good luck with your event. You have to make it legal. Now suddenly everyone cares. Uh, she, she was a real power card in the whole situation, but she really had to uh, keep calling and keep calling and keep calling, and it was just a weird scenario. So like half of the cost of Floatfest was insurance that they make you buy before they'll give you the permit. Essentially impossible timeline-wise 
to get permits and every insurance and everything needed for the raft race because those were permits we needed through the state of Michigan. Right. Um, and those take like a couple months to get and they contacted us two weeks before the event. So that's what killed the raft race this yeah. year. Well, that's too bad. Um, and it's just like expensive and in order to do it, we needed to get competition permits and we had to pay to have a police presence there, oh, which is also kind of like counter productive yeah it's not necessarily that like the spirit of this is anti-police but certainly having police supervision and us paying for police to be at our events is not in the spirit right. of it yeah You know, we're still trying to push through. I mean, shopping the shopping cart races tonight. Uh, that's really exciting. This predates Punk Week, it does. does it? It yeah. does, and this then it the survived. 19th. No, this is the 20th. This is the 20th. This right. is the 20th. That's why I thought I was hoping it'd be big, but like thus far, it does not look big at all. That's true. Um, I'm really hoping that I get surprised because yeah. there's, there's so much less glory when there's less than 10 cars. This is your first time, right? Yes, this is my first time. I'm actually not from Michigan. I'm from uh, Florida. Like, I don't know, it's just nice being like in this area and being able to do the things that like people take for granted in other places. I'm from a very conservative part of the South. Um, so um, it's just like things like this just don't happen here where we're from. My friend Zeke, um, he just was like, he just messed me one day, are you interested? And I was like, of course I'm interested. Cause my friend, yeah, didn't even have to say, sharp and cart race, I'm down. I'll at least show up to the event, I can guarantee you that. And he was like, you want to race? And I'm like, yes. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an Ann Arborite, but I've been displaced for eight years. I live in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you're back for the shopping cart race. I came back for the shopping cart race. Yeah. yeah. So you're pumped to, to be competing. Absolutely. This is my first year competing. Usually I'm in some kind of administration or playing in a band or whatever. And so my best friend and I are here to race. And then I brought my little sister who is as many years old as the shopping cart race. So she's oh. never been able to come. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's 20. Is this your first event here? This is, yeah. This is your first, first year out here? Mm -hmm. Well, tell me your impressions. You guys win. Who we won? got second place. Guys got second place. The the top guys had this whole rotation thing going on. It's our first year. We didn't know anything oh, about that. <laughs> oh, so it was the gladiator and the dude with the uh, the goggles there. No, yeah. no, they didn't win. It was uh, oh, no? there was a team ahead of them. Oh, so there was more than one team utilizing a rotation strategy. Yeah, that's a good note for next year, am I right? Yeah, yeah. we're gonna definitely be back. <laughs> keep it alive moving forward mm. anyone very tough participate uh, just do it yeah. even if you okay. even like uh, it doesn't have to be perfect hunk we dead as fuck but uh i would say figure out ways to organize people other than using facebook publicly especially if there's going to be like a lot of attention drawn to it so if you're doing things that are big events that have like a name like fest or something and Ira's got to get more punks. Yeah. Now we shipped a lot out. Really hard considering. We did. Detroit we were just talking about it. But also, people should just do shit. You can. You can walk in the street without the street being closed down. You can jump around and yell at people. Whatever. You can. You can do any. You can do that here. So do it. This is the 20th year that we've done this. Everything is always evolving. These events evolve every year because they don't have. 
like they belong to a group they belong to a community there isn't like a main float like driving force behind it float right. fest shopping cart race punk week none of those things had consistent organizers that's it's just like rank. exactly every year there's like a whisper in the air of like <laughs> who's going to organize it this year who's going to be in charge of this this year and someone does it um and you know they'll live as long as someone does it one day someone won't, but something else will be happening. Wow.